I'm Austin Kiergaard, and the Perform Right Podcast starts now. Um, all right, so today I have Dr. Joe Klimzeski here with us, and uh, I had reached out to Joe because I thought that there was a cool topic that we could discuss, um, and it's something a little bit different in terms of nutrition uh, and contest prep, uh, and it's behavior and behavior changes, and it's something that I feel... A lot of people don't typically address, Joe, when it comes to just nutrition, but also like in contest prep. So we're kind of attacking a couple different demographics here, but I feel like they're they're related. And I know I've uh, watched a video or two of you and Corey discussing things similar to this. And I just thought it'd be good to kind of explain to people um, our behaviors towards nutrition, whether you're getting ready for a show or you're ready to make a lifestyle change. So. I just want to say thank you uh, for coming on board and, and discussing this with us. Oh, it's going to be a great topic. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, well, I'd like to just dive into it. Um, I mean, you have a ton of experience in working with a lot of different people, especially contest prep, but also general population. What are some things that you've seen? Um, let's start this way. Where people, like, what are some things you've seen with people struggling with nutrition? And how is that related to their behaviors? So in a, in a pretty general sense, the, the context I think that eludes a lot of people is that we think, you know, here we are as a human being. I have my, my brain, my mind, my thoughts, my goals. And when I have a new goal, like losing weight, it's just going to be, you know, me getting it done. I just check off the list and, and we're good to go. And what we don't often consider is if it's something that has not already been taken care of, if it's a need, we have a goal, then there are probably some areas in our behavior or personality or just even, even you know, genetic makeup of our brain that makes that more of a challenge than other things that, that we might excel at. So, uh, you know, it's interesting timing because I just came off of our first Emerge Strategic Consciousness Weekend. And, and we talked about a lot of these things with a, with a handful of people. And, uh, you know, I, I go all the way down to the basics first. You know, at the DNA level, your mm-hmm. brain is your brain. The thoughts we have, the behaviors we have are coming from a brain that has, however old you are, you know, yep. 30, 40 years old of, of, of information, of neural pathways already set. And those have been set and grooved in and, and wired based on your your life schemas, which are kind of your worldviews, your personality strengths and traits, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of things go into that. So if you start attacking a goal like weight loss or, or physique transformation, yep. that, that hasn't been that easy, you know, there's probably a reason deeper than you think that it's not easy. And so I, I think you do have to address things a little bit more from a home base of your psyche instead of just a goal to attain. No, I I like how you said that you need to focus on on some some deeper issues if you've struggled in the past. I think um, I think from some things that I've seen as well, people set the goal and they just quickly want to dive in, but they don't um, take a second to kind of audit their past relationships when it comes to achieving goals, whether it's diet related or not. And I think that's something that people do really need to look at, um, especially like a relationship with like food, right? Like, are you someone that 
has struggled restricting calories in the past, if your goal is weight loss or physique transformation, um, if so, why? Is it your support system? Is it, you know, do you feel the need to have specific foods around? Um, you know, what is this, what is your psyche in terms of food? Like, how is that relatable? Because uh, I've seen people that a show was their goal. It was their goal to go from, I, I need to make a life change. I have a friend that competes. I want to compete. That might, that might be something I want to get into. Well, that's a different extreme than just trying to lose a little bit of weight up here and there. And if you're not addressing these um, psychological uh, issues ahead of time, um, it could potentially set you up for some failure, which makes people get discouraged. So that brings me to another question is motivation. You know, I know motivation can be the energy to drive people to a goal, but there's always that talk is motivation. What is motivation really worth? You know what I mean? Especially without action. So I'd like to get your opinion. I mean, what are your thoughts on motivation when it comes to trying to find that mental energy to drive a goal? So uh, another great question because most people would think of motivation as something external, like I have to feel motivated. But motives which create motivation uh, are, are broadly coming from three places in, in human psychology. It's, it's the need to be independent and mm -hmm. autonomous, the need to be connected to other people and be social. So one is very individual needs, one is very social. Yep. And the other is the need to be competent or to be good at something and be valued. And when wh whatever your goal is, so if it is weight loss, you have to ask yourself not how can I be motivated, but what are my motives? Because if you don't understand that, you just will not succeed. So for example, if, if my real deepest motive is I need to look better because I want to be attractive, I want to attract a mate, something like that, you know, that's, that's one motive. Maybe it's I just I want to be healthier and, and I'm really concerned about my, my health, that kind of thing. That's another motive. So depending on you understanding and being able to drill into that, it can really affect how well you're going to, to do. So, you know, I would, I would go back to somebody who, as you said, is, is perhaps getting ready for a bodybuilding contest. They can also have very different motives. If they feel the need to, quote, fix themselves, I'm, I've never been in great shape, I don't feel attractive, so I'm going to do this and it's going to solve all my problems, you know, probably not. You're right. Probably gonna, you're probably going to get there, you're going to do that, it's going to be done, and you're going to realize, well, that didn't fix me, quote unquote. So, you know, now what do I do? I've got to go on to the next thing to try and fix myself. So we really do have to understand why we're doing these things, and then we can create some real motivation. We can understand why we're doing it and go full steam aligned with our goals. So that's a great point. Uh, people don't necessarily realize are they doing this for an external or an external and internal factor? You know, is this... Uh, something for ourself or is it something to please other people and you kind of had said something where i don't know if people realize this either where if you're trying to find a mate are you trying to please other people or are you trying to do this for yourself because sometimes i feel like that can get kind of mixed where people are like well i'm no i'm doing this for myself i'm doing it for myself so i can find a mate okay however is that 
person liking the new you that you're becoming? Did you change everything about you? And now do you feel like you're being fake? Like it can go into a whole much deeper level if we don't truly understand, are we really doing this internal for ourselves, our self-enjoyment? Are we doing this for more external because there's a carrot at the end of the stick, whether it's a trophy for a bodybuilding show, a mate or something. Now I'm not saying that we may not want to lose a few few pounds so we can feel more confident, but I think sometimes people can take it to a whole nother level in terms of changing a lot of things about themselves. And so where I'm going with this is I want to ask what would be a good action step to take then for somebody, whether it's contest prep or, or general population here, um, what would be some good actions to really take in, in seeing if they're doing this truly for external or internal reasons and what would be some good steps for them to, to really drive that goal, to actually make an action? Because we know that nothing matters without action, right? So what, what would be some tangible things that these listeners or viewers could take from uh, to apply this to see if they're really doing this for themselves, for the right reasons, or if they're just kind of following the herd, which may not necessarily fix their problems? Yeah, you're, you're opening up a really good topic because you you can, as you said, be, be creating this persona that doesn't last. It's not really you. And so not only yourself, but other people around you don't know where the real you is going to be next. But you can lose weight. You can become something different physically because that's your goal and that's the goal you have of who you want to be mm-hmm. and that's that is intrinsic so there's your intrinsic versus versus extrinsic yep but in terms of you know the action i i like the dichotomy of somebody doing this very internal for all of the reasons to be healthy to be happier to be more confident but some people literally do it just for competition so so think of the competitors who just love the sport and they tend to hang around her for a long time. They don't. They don't get riled up if they lose. They they just kind of keep working and you know trying to prove themselves. And it becomes a part of their life, part mm-hmm. of their identity. Yes. But it's not too much of their identity. They don't put all of their eggs in that basket where right. every every bit of their happiness centers around how they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole different animal. That's kind that of rare. Is. You really you don't see many competitors who can do that other people get way too tied to it emotionally mm-hmm. um, but I think you need some of that emotional enmeshment yep. for a general population person who's doing it intrinsically to literally become a new person because physically genetically it may not be the easiest thing for them but they're still willing to go against the grain of their genetics work a little harder to be healthier and that truly is who they want to be so that that tells me it really is more intrinsically adopted. Right. And so it's almost kind of like, um, I feel like there could be a couple intrinsic factors that could spark something, someone that would lead to more of an intrinsic factor if that makes sense. So like, uh, how do I want to say it? So you may see a friend that lost some weight and you know that you want to, you know, do some things that they did and, and you want to kind of compete with them almost a little bit. Um, but you're, you're still keeping it in check that you're doing it for yourself and your overall health. I can see some situations like that. I like how you brought up the, the competitor where um, it's rare, but you know some people when they compete, they, they just identify themselves as a competitor, right? Like this is my life, this is my well-being. But 
it, it's rare in the aspect that I think most people that are competitive, they realize that they can't be in a state of conditioning year round like that. And um, how do I put this? I said this the other day to a friend of mine, being a competitor does not define who you are as a person. So that aesthetic look is not who you really are. It's your actions that you go through every day that really and truly define who you are. Um, and so I can see some extrinsic, you know, rewards for competitors. You want to be better, do better. You want to win and get, I can understand that process. Um, but I, I also always just make sure that when I'm coaching my athletes that they don't lose sight of that either. So they don't lose sight of like, Hey, you still got on stage. You improved from the previous year. You're in the best shape of your life. You're taking care of yourself. You're doing all these things, right? The show is just kind of that, that carrot at the end of the stick, so to speak, but look at all these other things that you've improved in your, in your life. Cause sometimes it's hard to, even from just general weight loss, I think it's hard for people to realize that cause it's easy to get discouraged when you're not seeing things as quickly or you get done with the journey, like you said, and then you're like, where do I go from here? And it's like, well, look at all these things that you've done. Now we try to make this real life in every single day. So let's, let's chat about the, like the general population. Let's say you've got somebody that wants to lose weight um, and they set the goal, right? Um, but they've failed in the past. You know, what are some things that you think that they could benefit from to not fail again? You know, is it hiring a coach? Is it just finding a friend, a partner? Um, you know, what would be some suggestions that you would give? So I would first say, you know, do some of that internal work and, and try and think about who you are and why. So, for example, we can go as deep as this. You know, consider, consider the female who wants to get lean and, you know, maybe she's she just just has never, ever been there. Um, but, you know, she grew up having a mother who used to say, you know, hey, maybe you should have a salad instead of that burger. And, you know, are, are you are you are you gaining weight? You know, do you want to want me to hire you a personal trainer? I mean, you, we started getting these messages very early on. There was a study that showed 50 percent of five year old kids are already conscious about their weight, worried about if they're you know, too heavy, too thin, or if they're going to become too heavy, too thin. So we're getting those messages from all over the place. And so if you always feel like my weight, my overall appearance defines me, like I, I'm a failure unless I match up to this set of perfections, then, then it's always going to be difficult because you're never going to be good enough. No matter how much progress you have, there's always going to be somebody who's leaner, somebody who's bigger, somebody who's more muscular, somebody who's prettier, more handsome. Like all, all of these things, you're, you're, you're never going to have an ideal that's met until you first say, you know what, I'm okay the way I am. Perfect. Like I, I, I should be able to say that and believe it. But if I want to go this direction, if I want to get a little leaner and healthier, look a little better, once you have that self-acceptance, you don't feel all the pressure. I mean, we know through research that as soon as somebody is told, you know, you can't do this, it's immediately the thing we want to do. So in terms of dieting, oh, I can't eat that, then you immediately start rebelling against that. So you, you have to have that self-acceptance first, then you can decide, okay, now I feel like I've got my intrinsic motivation more on track. Now, what are the extrinsic tools like that it. can help me get to my goal? Uh, so I, I have a friend who, uh, you know, very close to me that, that has just lost 
I think almost 100 pounds, you know, That's 80, phenomenal. 90 pounds. And she has, you know, she's tried in the past. She's she's gained and lost 50, 60 pounds two or three times, maybe more. And, um, you know, this time something just clicked. And I think it was the realization that this is not about just the look or the number on the scale. It's who I want to be. Like, this is who I want to be inside of me. So this is a person who hasn't even tracked food, hasn't done this, hasn't. She just started eating better. She made that internal realization that I'm going to start acting like and making decisions like that person I want to be. And so that's a great example of somebody who took care of the internal psychological needs and motives first. Then the externals really didn't matter what she did. She was going to do it no matter what resources she used. That it. There's a lot that you just said there that I think was phenomenal for people to, to take from. So I wanna, I'm gonna recap and quick. The first thing was is if someone's going to approach weight loss or a contest prep, um, they need to truly accept themselves first um, and know that their worth is more than the scale and what they see in the mirror because as you and I both know, that's not what truly defines us, like we just talked about earlier. So I thought that was really phenomenal, especially if you're somebody that is looking to get into competing. Um, that is a very subjective sport, and there, there's always gonna be somebody with better genetics, there's always gonna be somebody that might be bigger or leaner. There is no such thing as the perfect physique. So when people start to realize and accept that, then you can start to really dive into more uh, you know, why you're getting into the show and, and not to, how do I say this? It's, it's one thing to want to compete and win, but it's another thing to expect to win every single time. It's the same thing of wanting to lose 50, 60 pounds and expecting to lose it right away versus just, you know, losing it. So I like what you said earlier um, that you have to accept yourself first before you get into that. So that's something that I think people really can take from. Make sure you accept who you are first it's okay to want some change, but truly accept who you are. And another thing that you had said that I loved was the extrinsic tools to use to help you because I think some people get wrapped up of, is this an extrinsic, or extrinsic reward or internal reward, but there's tools that we need to help us. Um, and, and then the third thing with your friend who had lost about 100 pounds, she... You know, she maybe didn't really track, but she had just made better life choices, put herself um, around better people maybe, or just used better extrinsic tools. I really like that. I'm gonna use that in the future um, uh, to help her get to her weight loss. But the thing that she mainly did went back to point one, and I, I will beat this the entire time we're talking today, is, is she accepted herself, she knew that losing the 50, 60, or 100 did not truly define her, what defined her was her and her personal actions that she lives through each day. And it just took that added almost stress or pressure off of her. And she could just focus on making better nutrition habits, making better lifestyle choices to get her from point A to point B. And one of my favorite things, it allowed her, I'm guessing, but it allowed her to enjoy the journey. Cause that is something that I think people lose the entire time, whether you're wanting to lose weight or do a show, for whatever reason, there's this secret added pressure that gets placed onto people and they don't feel good enough and then they, they start losing the aspect of, this should be fun, this should be 
taken as enjoyment. We're learning something. We're doing something with our bodies. We're changing them physiologically, like for the better. But when you talk to people, and I'm sure you've experienced this, and I'd like to get your opinions on this, um, you know, you don't always hear that from people. You know, it's, oh, I didn't lose any weight. I feel terrible. I don't feel like myself. Like, and so, you know, people need to just realize they need to enjoy the journey that they are on. Um, and I can understand why those frustrations uh, come into play. But how do we overcome those frustrations then? That's, that's where I want to go with this with you, Joe. Is like, how do we overcome, you know, disappointment because we failed or had a bad week or something and now we just feel like our, our worth isn't there which is really you know a concern because again we should be enjoying this process but it's easy to get it discouraged so what do we do in that situation so i think there are a couple of important things and i'll, I'll piggyback on to my example with that friend who has just adopted this as who who i wanted to be is who i'm going to choose to be now and then the progress will just emanate from that so you're right. You know, even though she didn't hire a trainer, have all these these, you know, you know, defined things and people telling her what to do, she still made substantial changes. She learned about food. She learned about meal prep. She started bulk cooking. She started getting very serious about training and pulling workouts off the internet, and you know, and she enjoys it now. And so she's really ad- adopted those behaviors that now align with the person she wants to be. And so, you know, that will continue. Uh, It's the person who says, I'm going to lose weight, so I'm willing to do what it takes, almost like kind of of a boot camp thing. And and I'm going to, you know, put in those six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, and then they really don't know what to do because it has not been translated into actions that will be sustained. So it's for the person I'm talking about, it was never about a goal where if I didn't lose a pound or two pounds this week, then, then I failed. It was just a trust that I'm okay with however long it takes. It's just going to happen, and that's that's going to be the, the road I take. Uh, but there are, going back to my thoughts about understanding your personality, understanding your motives, let's say I'm extremely frustrated because I'm failing on my diet because I'll go a certain amount of days, and then all of a sudden I'm in the drive-through eating three cheeseburgers and a milkshake. Uh, that shows me that you're willing to let impulses dominate you. Like all of a sudden I'm hungry, I'm frustrated, I feel like stress eating or emotionally eating, and then I, I binge, I do something very extreme. Whereas somebody else could say, well, I'm a little hungry, so I think I'll add an extra apple to my day. Or I'm a little hungry, so I think I'll, you know, this meal I was supposed to have an hour from now, I'm just going to eat it sooner. Totally different behavior, but the same initial impulse was just simply I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, somebody else catastrophizes and dives headfirst into the familiar feeling of failure. Like, this is what I do when I'm upset. This is how I always self-sabotage myself versus another person who is intrinsically, as you said, just not put that kind of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you gotta look at your behavior when you're frustrated and say, what is truly making me not succeed? Is it just that I'm nibbling a little bit too much or am I binging? Am I just not willing to set the alarm a little bit earlier and, and do my morning workouts? You know, isolate those behaviors. And, and we know, I mean, we can, we can lie to other people, but we can't lie to ourselves. You know, we know when we're succeeding what we're doing to cause that, and when we're not succeeding or making progress, 
we know what we're doing. We just have to be honest with ourselves. So to recap and make sure that we're all on the same page and just for like our, our listeners and viewers, um, we need to, when we, we get hit with this roadblock or we get hit, hit with this obstacle in our terms of weight loss or contest prep or whatever, um, and we become frustrated, we need to just right there on that moment ask ourselves, why are we frustrated? What's driving that frustration? And is it something that we can um, you know, overcome by a simple eating an hour earlier, snacking on an apple versus go, you know what I mean? Just really just being honest with ourselves um, and asking what is the problem? What is the underlying problem with ourselves at this very moment? Um, so I really like that you said that because I think this can be done in a few different ways. You know, you can ask yourself right there on the spot, uh, something I've suggested to clients and I, I've done even myself is if there's a point in time where you are frustrated in that moment, you know, write it down and, and write down why. It's basically kind of like keeping some data or even journaling, if you will, like why you're frustrated. Because I think sometimes it's easy to get involved into the emotion side of things, like you had mentioned earlier, like I'm just, I'm mad. You know, I thought I was gonna lose my two pounds this week and I didn't lose it. I actually gained a pound and I did everything right. And it's just easy to just go off where if, you know, you just wrote something down, okay, you just answered your own few questions, like why am I mad? What did I do this week differently that maybe resulted in this? And then how can I fix it? You know, I think that if people can learn how to do that and answer those questions, it might help them arrive at a more responsible action than just saying, to heck with it, I had this expectation, but I got this expectation, and I'm just gonna blow it all down the drain and then I'm gonna feel guilty. So. I think that those are a few actions people could take definitely when facing um, adversity. Uh, another thing I'd like to talk about, you had kind of had said something about like challenges, right? Like some people need challenges to, to get them going. Um, what, have you seen a lot of success with that? Like if people do a six to eight week challenge and then they kind of are able to continue? Because I think that that's another thing that people start doing to get them to go and move forward with their goals. And some people I, I have seen stick with it. Some people I kind of have seen kind of tapered down uh, and they just kind of do that every year. You know, they do a six to eight week challenge to try to lose that 20 or 30 pounds over the holidays, but they're not really kind of happy with where they're at because they struggle. And it kind of makes me think of like, well, is this an outcome type of goal or is this a process goal? Like, what are you doing? So I think that'd be a good topic to bring up right now is, is you know, are these weight loss challenges something that people should get into? Um, do you think it's a good starting point for people or do you think that they should just focus on kind of what we've been talking about earlier, just kind of making these small behavior changes? Um, what, what, would you, what, are your, what is your advice, excuse me? <clears throat> so, so again, I'm not anti-external motivation. It just has to be aligned with the internal motivation that's already in place and identified. So. You know, it, it reminds me of things like you and I. You and I, being fitness professionals, we may not struggle as much with these things as other people, but we still have the exact same needs and actions uh, in other areas of our life. So, you know, for example, um, you know, we, we, we might get frustrated with somebody who says, well, just tell me what to do. You know, I don't want to have to think for myself. Just tell me what to do. And you and I both know there has to be some learning. There has to be some behavior change. 
but we would do the same thing to somebody else. Like here, here, but I give my taxes to my accountants, just do this for me. I don't want to learn accounting. I don't want to know all the tax laws. Right. And so we all have those impulses to make something easier to, to save us time so we can, you know, do our normal life activities. So we have to understand that other people are in that same place as a starting point and that's okay. You know, we can we can start out with some kind of an external challenge knowing that along the way I'm gonna have to make some of these things integrate into my life or I'm going to have to understand why it's working and, and I just have to know a little bit more and leave myself in a better permanent place mm-hmm. even though I might use it as an external challenge initially. Those are phenomenal because it, it just goes along with our whole concept of what we've been talking about is really uh, being truthful to yourself, asking yourself why you're doing this, what you need to change, uh, uh, not physically, but psychologically, what do you need to change, you know, with your behaviors and retar- in regards to nutrition um, and making sure you're doing these things for the right reasons. You know, it's good to have some uh, external motivation but we need to really hone in on that internal motivation. I'm with you 100%. And um, one thing I think that this is kind of one of the, the, the last things I wanted to talk about because I think this is where the challenges struggle and weight loss journeys kind of struggle with this in general is the, the relapse, the what to do after, you know, because we've talked about how do you how do you approach a weight loss. We've talked about how do you overcome obstacles? We've talked about weight loss challenges, if that's a good place to start, but we haven't really talked about the whole relapse side of things. And I think that that's something that people uh, oftentimes with weight loss challenges or journeys in general, even from a contest prep, as you know, we've talked about this before, um, what to do after you have a big transformation, you know, and, and how, how does that psychologically change from when you started to make that transformation. So I guess my question to you, Joe, is like, how would you approach uh, somebody that's coming off of a transformation? They're, they maybe did relapse for a few days. You know, what's the different psychological standpoint after you've had that transformation? So I'm gonna go back to where I started, and this is going to be a lot of information that most people are not familiar with. So we're gonna to have to connect some dots, but our consciousness, so out of sheer necessity, our brain can only pay attention to it to a small amount of information at a time. But yet our consciousness is the sum total of every bit of knowledge we've ever learned, every memory, every feeling, all every experience, all of that is stored in the neurons in our brain. But our consciousness is only what we're paying attention to at that moment. So you've got all of this stuff in your brain happening that you're not even aware of, and that's what drives most of our decision-making. You you probably heard something said like, well, 95% of our brain activity is subconscious. Yep. Probably actually more than 95%. It's probably 99 point something. Mm-hmm. So we're only paying attention to a little bit of time, yet our brain has all these feelings, thoughts, memories, and knowledge that it's it's driving the ship. And you're just kind of on top paying attention to where your brain is already taking you. So so here's something that will blow your mind. By the time you have done something, you've made a decision, there's about a 
0.3 second delay from the stimulus or the thought that created the behavior to when you know what happened. Mm. So everything you ever do, you are actually watching the outcome that your brain already decided before you're even aware of it. That's amazing. So that means you're, you have to do the hard work and condition your brain to behave differently and that takes time that's what neuroplasticity is and that takes six to 12 months to even change one single little behavior so if i'm struggling with binging and i just start dieting and i can't stay on track well that's because that's what my brain does that's what it thinks is normal i get hungry so i eat that's you're gonna have no choice in that but if you maintain all of the habits that you need to to change that behavior and, and you break that cycle one time, one time, one time, one time at a time, then you start rewiring some neural circuitry and it becomes easier and easier and easier to behave differently. And that's why, uh, you know, if you do see somebody like the person I described who, who lost 100 pounds and it took, you know, a year, year and a half and she didn't really, you know, she, she had made the decision to become a new person now that's the new norm for her brain even mm-hmm. on autopilot now her subconscious just makes decisions differently mm-hmm. so anytime that we're struggling with those behaviors including a relapse like you said you have to go back to the thought that okay that's why this isn't easy you know success in any endeavor change in any endeavor isn't easy because it takes six to 12 months just to change that neural circuitry to be able to be able to make better decisions. You think you can just make one decision now and you've taken care of it. And then I'm gonna make a decision at the next meal and I'm good. These are patterns that are, are way, way deeper and more complex than just that. And, and that's, why, that's why we get so frustrated when we fail. You can't, you can't ask a dolphin to walk on land. And right. that's what we expect our brain to do. It's been conditioned this way for decades. And then we instantly want it to do something else that it's never been trained to do. So you had said somewhere between six to eight or even 12 months to really make legitimate behavior changes because of how much we need to really rewire our brain's conscious decision making. So what are your thoughts on the whole it takes three weeks to change a habit? I mean, because I feel like that gets mixed into a lot of things where it's like, oh, just, it's just, anybody can do it. You can do it for three weeks to just make that better change. I feel like now going through what you had just said, it's like, well, it might be a temporary change, but that doesn't mean that it's permanent. And that might just be one thing. And that one thing isn't going to fix all of the problems. Like, so what are your thoughts on that then? The, the whole three week to make a, a good you know, start. yeah, a good start. <laughs> going yeah after, after three weeks make it six mm-hmm. then make it six months i mean you know we we do have to take that first step which is always you know prophetically the most difficult first step is to actually decide that you're going to make a change but then like i said you just have to be ready to really do the hard organic dna epigenetic type work in your brain and then you know it's not that it's you know so unbelievably difficult that it can't be done and you don't need your entire 24-hour focus on that one thing but you do have to be ready to take it seriously and and do everything you can to support that decision so like the person i described you know she started bulk cooking she started learning more about food she started adding knowledge she started getting into the habit you know joining a gym and so all of those things were very external 
that supported her progress once she aligned her internal goal with her internal understanding of the way her brain already worked. So I love this. This is I, I could talk about this stuff all day long, but I want to recap, you know, for everybody listening and watching. Um, you know, if you're wanting to approach a transformation change or a weight loss change or some sort of lifestyle change, we need to start by defining our why behind it, what's truly driving us, if it's external or internal, and if it's more external, how can we find more of an internal reason, not that external does not have its place like you said. Um, and then once we truly find that internal reason, we can allow external tools to help us like getting more knowledge, finding maybe a little bit supportive of a group, whether it's some fitness friends at the gym or a coach or a trainer or whatever, uh, and then making different changes to food styles. And then when we're you know finally going along and doing those things, you know when we hit those bumps in the road, we're asking ourselves, why did the bump occur? What did we do to, to see this bump? How should we be approaching this? Uh, and then once we can overcome that hump, you know, we stay consistent with it for more than three weeks at a time. And it's, it's, it's focusing on months and months so we can allow our conscious to kind of be rewired to better behavior changes in terms of our nutritional habits. And then when we achieve that said goal of transformation or weight loss, we do and work just as hard to not relapse. And if there is a relapse phase, ask ourselves why that relapse had occurred and understand that we have came such a long ways that we knew this wasn't gonna be easy, neither will be maintaining this new achievement. So we need to really, again, go back to our internal motivation and what's driving us because it, you know, that internal motivation may change a little bit after you had that transformation, right? So before it was making this change, now it's, well, now what? Well, now it should be to maintain and improve our health and apply all of these new behavioral changes. And, and again, a lot of this is going to come down to always going back and asking yourself, like, what is your internal drive? What is your goal? And what actions? Like, you have to take physical actions to do this. And that might come from external help or just applying different things like data collecting of yourself or journaling or whatever. So these are just a lot of common gaps that it seems like people tend to miss. So I'm really excited that we got to cover a lot of this and we gave a lot of good tangible ways that people can apply this information. And, and the reasons why be, people kind of do what they do in terms of nutrition, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people like, they just don't think about what they're doing. And we've kind of talked about why that could be. Um, is there something else, anything else that you think people could benefit from in terms of getting into a weight loss or transformation journey, you know, in time and kind of what we've been talking about today. Yeah. You, you hit a word that snagged me perfectly because <laughs> this past weekend at our emerge immersion weekend, uh, I use the word gap a lot because in that cycle of decision-making, you have this thought or this impulse, and then immediately your life schemas or your just kind of genetic worldview has a chance to change that direction. Uh, and then it kind of goes through your, your motives, your self-determination theory type psychological motives, mm -hmm. and then through your character strengths. And then you're going to eventually have a behavior outcome. 
and then that outcome becomes another stimulus. So let's say it's, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry, and then you binge. Yep. Well, that went through that chain of thought, and you binged. Now that that binge is a new stimulus, now how do I feel about the binge? I'm so depressed, I'm so frustrated that I'm going to binge again. And at some point, you have to be self-aware enough and mindful enough to create a gap in that circuitry and say, okay, I'm having this thought, this would be the best time to have a gap. Yep. I'm really hungry. I'm, I'm reaching for the cookies. Oh, wait a second. Time out. Time out. Um, is this aligned with my goals? Could I wait for another 30 minutes till yes. I have my next meal? You know, you could put a gap there or maybe it's somewhere else in that cycle. But at some point you have to back away from just your internal reaction and create almost a third party point of view and say, why am I doing this? What's a better behavior? And the more you learn to create those gaps in the cycle, and this is how you do come back from some kind of a relapse, you, you become just a more self-aware human being, a more conscious instead of subconscious acting person. And that's the entire game. That is the ball game for behavior change is learning to recognize those things, recognize your thoughts, your motives, your needs, your character strengths, and then inside that cycle, you control it instead of being a slave or just an observer of it. No, I love that, and I didn't even think about this until you just said that. So I myself have experienced this recently. Um, I think you know me well enough. Now I, I, I like data, I like information, I like learning new things, and I had realized I it had been a long time since I had taken a break from caffeine. Uh, you know, working, online business, school, just life, you know, my day starts at like 3.30 in the morning and sometimes I don't get home until like 8.30 at night. So I do need some energy, and I typically go to coffee, but it had been a long time, like it's probably been two years. So I was doing research on, and I know I had talked about this with you in person on taking a break. And so I did that. I took a break from caffeine. I went one week cold turkey because I wanted to see if I could do it. I did it. And then when I started to add caffeine, mainly through coffee back in, it made me more self-aware of what was going on. You know, it was kind of one of those things where, okay, I'm, I'm working, but I'm kind of, you know, getting burnt out. Like I'm going to reach for some coffee because it's just going to keep me going. It's going to give me something to fiddle with while I'm working or I could just drink a little bit more water, or I could go get up and go for a 10 minute walk, you know, something rather than just constantly having a cup of coffee in my hands. So it just, it's the same thing as what you just said. It made me question, do I really need coffee? Do I really want coffee because I'm bored? What is the reason defining this cup of coffee right now? And so, yes, I still drink coffee, but it's made me more aware and my actual consumption has been lowered because now I have found other ways to combat that, like drinking water or just going for a quick walk, which is just giving me more energy and not relying on over-caffeinating. So I just wanted to bring that up as a personal experience and that I just felt tied in with exactly what you said with people, you know, when they relapse or when they're trying to go through these changes to ask those questions. So it is a perfect example. So thank you for that. And that's the difference between letting your subconscious drive your consciousness mm -hmm. or you, the reason I like this term, you become strategically conscious. Now yeah. you are aware and you can direct what you're paying attention to and why, and you can ask those questions. And that's why I said this, you got to back up into that third person point of view 
and, and, and ask those questions. And interestingly, our brain is actually wired for that. Our, our brain views ourselves just like it views other people as, as the same kind of character on a stage. We just don't often utilize that enough to our advantage. So yeah, I think that's a perfect example. No, I love it. And I think people will get a lot of information from this. And I think it will encourage more people to use that that third person voice, if you will, to really ask the, you know, the what and the why for sure on what's driving their behaviors when it comes to nutrition. And we've given a lot of tangible ways to set them up for some success. So Joe, I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to, to go through this. I'm super pumped about this video and about this recording here on the podcast and stuff. And uh, I just, as always, appreciate your time. Well, always a pleasure, Austin. Appreciate yeah. it. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening and watching. Thank you, Joe. And we will uh, we'll see you guys in the next video or recording.